welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Yes, I'm supposed to be talking to you about the ways God speaks. Um, it's great. Haven't uh, these guys been amazing this morning? Like, good stuff, right? Really. And the thing is, even when you know this stuff, even when you know how God speaks, or you at least have some level of, oh, God speaks to me, I've heard God in the past, or different things, it's really... Um, exciting to hear from different people how they hear or some of their journeys or some of their struggles and some of their breakthroughs because actually a lot of the time it kind of highlights oh there's maybe some stuff going on in me that if I dealt with I'd be able to hear God more clearly and maybe actually is holding me back from hearing him as much as I could Um, and so I don't think we ever finish it's the same way if like you can have a great marriage but talking to people that have been married for 40 years is going to help you do you know what I mean (laughs) like that's just not a bad idea um, and in the same way, you can hear God all the time. You can have a great relationship with God. But talking to someone that's been walking with God for 10 years more than you, really good idea, right? Um, most of the time. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I really struggled to hear God's voice for most of my life um, in that I just really didn't get it. Like, um, I'm, a very, uh, I'm a very logical person. You'll get this when I speak. I'm very... Um, systematic. I like to teach uh, very systematically. I like to tear things apart and really go, okay, well, how does this work? Why does it work that way? What's going on? That's just how I think. Um, and so anytime, like, you know, people would be like, oh, I heard God say this. And I'm like, eh, sure. Yeah. Good for you. But I'm like, I don't know. It's like when you see someone get healed and I'm like, well, yeah, but maybe not you know i just was always questioning things i was always looking oh well did it really happen and you know there's certain things um that i see and i go well yeah that happens but i know that it could also happen in a non-spiritual way right so um we see things happen sometimes uh, a leg grow out you know and god grows people's legs sometimes and it gives them amazing can change things so much when you have a leg that's slightly shorter than the other one you have a leg that's suddenly the same length wow, like back pain goes, your hips, like everything. It kind of affects everything and you just feel so much better. But making a leg grow is a party trick that people have been doing for decades, right? So they would get people and they'd sit in a chair and put your legs out. Oh, look, one leg shorter than the other and they would they'd make it grow. And that's just a party trick that people do for fun. And the leg didn't grow. They were just doing an optical illusion. So it's very easy for me to see a leg actually grow, God actually do it, and me to go, yeah, but, well, right? Do you know what I mean by that? Does is, is anyone else sometimes think like this? Sometimes they kind of like think, well, okay, yeah, is it, is it, is it not? And so a lot of times I'd hear about people hearing God's voice and I'd be like, well, yeah, you just, you, you felt this or you saw a picture. And I'm like, well, I can see a picture. It doesn't mean it's from God. You know, I can be like, ooh, I see a picture of a duck on a rainbow and it's flying. And it's like, I don't know. Like I just made up a picture. It doesn't mean it was from God. So I really struggled with that concept and actually probably more so than that i i kind of struggled with the thought that god would even talk to me like so we talked earlier you know my sheep hear my voice and and i was just like well yeah but i don't hear him like i've, I've never heard this voice i've never um come across it and 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 it was quite funny because it kind of um i would say now god spoke to me about this but at the time i would just be like oh when i was thinking about it i came to this conclusion and it's funny, isn't it? Sometimes we don't even know God's speaking to us. We just think we're thinking and we just have an idea or have something. And, and it's funny because I, it was one day I, was, I saw this um, father and uh, he had um, 
a deaf son and he was sitting, signing to him. And I, and I was just watching it and I was like, huh, that's really interesting. Because I was thinking, I feel like I'm spiritually deaf. I feel like, no, I can't hear God's voice. And I, and I suddenly was hit with this realization of like, how stupid is that? How stupid is it to believe that I have a problem hearing God that's bigger than God's ability to talk to me? Like that, that kid cannot hear his father. He can't hear. He's deaf. His dad is going to come up with a way to communicate that he loves his son, that he's there for his son, that he wants to teach his son. And so he's going to learn sign language. He's going to teach his son how to hear him, how to, how to communicate with him. And if a father on earth can do that to a son that's deaf, how much more so can God do that when we feel we have some deficiency? And so it's funny because even when we have deficiencies we don't want to work on, God is still very capable of breaking through. And so, like these guys are saying, God's always speaking. He, there's never a moment he stops speaking. Um, there's just moments we decide to stop listening. Um, and so, actually, what's really funny is, uh, if I'm honest, I, I, I try to think about it. I, I thought about it a couple of weeks ago, and, and I, I've come to the conclusion, and it's kind of like a scary revelation. God has never told me what to do in a significant moment of my life. Any significant decision I have ever made, God didn't say anything about it. So when I, what classes to pick in school, when I left school, what should I do next? Should I go to university? Should I get a job? Well, what job should I get? What university degree should I do? Uh, who should I marry? Who should I not marry? Who should I be in a relationship with? Who, you know, what friendship circles should I be in? What church should I go to? God just has never told me what to do in those situations. And it was only a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking back and I'm like, oh, that's kind of pretty crazy, right? Because that's the kind of mentality I grew up with is like, God is going to be telling you. And, and the second you go, oh, I don't know what to do. You go to God and go, oh God, what will I do? And I think this is why I thought God didn't speak to me. So again, kind of touching what Rebecca said, like I had this reinforced God doesn't speak to me because I was asking the wrong questions. I was fixated on the, the right, wrong, right, wrong, right, wrong. Um, rather than just enjoying life and walking in life. And, and, and the purpose of asking questions is to engage in relationship. Um, and so much like a father and a son in, in the world, like the father is probably a lot less invested in what the son does than actually that the son has relationship. And actually is probably more excited that the son is asking than actually the answer he has to give. It's much more about the relationship. It's much more about seeing the son thrive and do what they love and, and all this different stuff. And if I was to go further, I would actually say, I don't ever ask God stuff, if I'm honest, particularly, not intentionally, not ever do I sit down and go, all right, God, I've got this going on. What should I do next? I, I don't think consciously I ever ask God stuff. I just kind of do life and see what he says as I go. And I just trust that he's in me. He's directing me. I hear his voice as I go, and if I'm going to make a big mistake, he'll probably say, actually, Phil, maybe we don't do that. And so, yeah, he's not going, go left, go right, go left, go right. But every now and again, he will go, whoa, whoa, Phil, probably not left. That one goes up straight off a cliff, <laughs> you know, or something like that. So every now and again, he can say that. Um, but it's almost like I lived life sitting in my car at the lights, you know, the red lights, and I'm waiting for it to go green. And I'm like, okay, God. Just tell me when I can go. When can I go? When can I go? And it's a, a green arrow for straight. It's a left arrow to go left. And it's a right arrow. And, got all the, and I'm waiting for one of them to go green. 
or even all of them. Just give me something. And, and I don't, I don't know. And it's red and it's red and it's red. And, and it's almost as though at some point in my life, God started to go, Phil, why do you wait for a green light instead of just assume you have a green light? Assume I am with you. I'm for you. I'm going to get behind what you want to do in life. And if you make a mistake, I'm able to turn the red light on. I can turn all the green lights off and go, oh, it's a red light. Stop the car. And in that moment, he can go, okay, let's discuss this. Let's talk about this. Let's evaluate where we're going. And, you know, a lot of this stuff, um, it might feel scary. It might feel like, well, hold on. You can't just trust me to just do whatever I want because I might just go crazy. I might go off the cliff or whatever. Um, And I think a lot of the stuff we're even teaching about the hearing God's voice, um, this is going to come into play a lot more the more you understand that God is good. The more you understand God is good, the more you can trust he will put up that red light. And the more you understand that his, his heart is for you to have a green light, for that you, he wants you to do what you want to do. Um, and so, you know, you're, you're probably going to find that as, as school goes on, as you discover more and more of how good God is, the more you're going to trust. Okay, I, I can flow with the Holy Spirit. I can flow with God because I'm trusting the one I'm walking with. And, and for, for me, if I'm honest, I don't know how much I trusted God a lot of my life. God was quite a scary guy because he was right, wrong. If you do the wrong thing, I'm going to go nuts. And, and if there's anything in you, and, and to be honest with you, I'd be surprised if it wasn't because sometimes it's in me. I'm scared to make a bad decision still at times. But if there's anything in you that still is like, oh, if I screw up, that's a big issue. God can't fix it or God's going to be disappointed in me or God's going to be upset. That's always going to hold you back. Um, and, and, and that's something we want to see um, dissolve as, as time goes on. We want to see you understanding that, no, God is for you. He's never against you. You can't make a mistake big enough for God to be worried. Like God has never been worried. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think that's got anything to do with what I was going to share, but oh, whatever. <laughs> I hate the new iOS. I can't unlock my iPad. Sorry. There we go. Okay. Let me just, um, I guess, share a bit of my story about how I started to hear God's voice. So as I said, I just had this, this concept that it was hard for me to hear God's voice or that maybe God didn't speak as clearly to everyone or certain people just would hear God's voice really clearly. So you get the person that gets up the front of church and they're like, God says, you know, thus saith God that, you know, you're postcode is this and your phone number is this and you have done this secret sin and you are called to the nations and they just knew everything right and uh, and it could look really different depending on who got up the front some people got up the front and they called out everyone's sin or other people got up and they were like oh you know you're called to do this and you're called to do that or other people go up and they'd have more um wows as they were like you live on a, a street called Blake Street and you have a red door and your bedroom's painted green and everyone would be like, wow, that's true. My bedroom is painted green. And, uh, and so it was all these different things, but they were, whatever they were and however they looked and maybe even whatever the fruit was, because some of the fruit of that wasn't good and some of the fruit was really good. Whatever it was, it was impressive. Like it always left you going, wow, God is big. God is bigger than what I understand God to be in my personal walk. And so it left you going, oh, I want something more than what I have. But it also, at the same time, it, it's, at the same time as inspiring you to have more, it actually also pushed what you have 
away, it highlighted the, the distance you have compared to what these guys have. These guys up on the stage have this amazing direct line to God. You know, they're like almost like the people in the Bible. You open up the Bible and it's like, God said to this person this, and then he said to this person this, and, and like, that's not what he does with me. Um, and it's quite funny because that's not really how God interacted with people in the Bible at all. When we start to actually delve in and look at it, he was kind of... Um, pretty ambiguous and questionable at times as well. Um, that's the beauty of the scriptures is that we find people that are very like us. Um, and so I really struggled with the whole concept of God speaking to me because I wasn't like the person on the stage. And in day-to-day -day life, I didn't have this booming voice from heaven, maybe had something in my head, but I certainly didn't trust it. Um, and I just didn't really know, does God actually speak to me clearly? Can I really trust that God's always speaking to me? And so it's funny, I, uh, I'll give you, I'll probably intermingle into this um, a little bit about um, just my walk uh, leading up to, or I guess running through all of this. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how to stop the switching off. How does that work? Well, I just have my notes on it. I don't have my notes on your PC, so it's fine. Um, we'll just deal with me getting upset every few minutes when it locks. <laughs> or I'll just use my phone, I guess. Don't use your phone in school. Um, I, uh, I used to run a business um, for quite a while um, before I kind of started a completely new journey that I'm on now. And, uh, and it was really fun and it was really great. It was very lucrative. We made a lot of money. We worked in the oil industry. Um, and to be honest with you, um, now they've just changed it as a whole. Sorry, I'm just really all over the place, but I'm not going to get my notes, so it's fine. <laughs> um, I loved it to bits. I actually, we made lots of money. We had lots of fun. Um, I mean, we, we had a lot of fun. We had like a hot tub in our office, you know, I mean, like we had like unlimited cinema passes for everyone that worked for us. I mean, it was just, we just had lots and lots and lots of fun. We played football in the office. I mean, it was just, it was great fun, really good laugh. Um, but there was something in that, in the midst of that, that I was like, man, I'm not really changing the world here. I helped out at youth group on church and I was like a, a little bit involved with some of the church leadership stuff, but phew, that was pretty boring. It wasn't really, it, I didn't feel like I was changing the world on any level. And the truth is it felt like I was just doing the same old, same old, and I was doing it for the sake of it. I didn't really feel like I was doing anything particularly, um, special. And one day I read this book that my mom had given me. Um, my mom would say, she felt God say, give me the book. Um, and, uh, and I took the book. And I was like, oh, great, whatever. And I threw it in my briefcase. I didn't really care um, because I wasn't really that interested about reading books about God. If I was honest with you, I don't really care. Um, God to me was something that, yes, is very real. Yes, is very relevant to everyone else. Because for me, he's never really expressed himself in that way. So I can look and I know that he heals. I know that he provides. I know that he speaks, but he never heals me. I'm ill. He never speaks to me. I'm deaf. He never provides for me. I have to provide for myself with my own business and doing other things. And so it was something I just, I acknowledged and I didn't want to remove myself from that world because he was real. I could see it. So I didn't want to go to hell. But at the same time, there was no point in really investing too much in it because it didn't really do anything for me. 
And so one day I'm on a flight, a uh, business flight, and I pick up this book and I open it and I start reading it. And it was basically this book of stories of people that were doing these incredible supernatural things, but they were really normal people. Like there was a doctor who ended up seeing someone getting miraculously healed in this amazing way just because he decided to pray randomly. There was a, um, a random guy that left school and he started traveling around and he would just pray for people and see them getting healed or he would um, give these amazing prophetic words. And I was just like, this is amazing. Like, these are all normal people. I'm a normal like business guy. That would be amazing if I could do this stuff. And I, I don't know... Um, I don't know what the difference is because normally you see the person on the stage and you know what the difference is. They're the wise, amazing, holy person that spends their whole life traveling and speaking and reading the Bible. But these guys in the books were normal people like me. And I was like, crap, I don't have an excuse, right? I should be doing this, I guess. Like there's not a reason these guys can do it and I can't. And so it got me questioning and it got me uh, wondering, I think there's more here that I need to start pursuing or engaging with um, and my language was all over the place my thoughts my beliefs uh, you, you hear this story you'll, you'll you'll see how far i've come because where i am today is just not where i was at this point but i was like no i need to go find god i need to find this this thing that's going on and um and so i actually quit my job on the spot i gave away all my my shares and everything i took absolutely nothing from the company um i moved back in with my parents and i just like spent like a year and all i did was i prayed I read my Bible and I worshipped and I had this little like room that I did it in that was about like, I don't know, six foot by eight or something. It was tiny. I don't know what that is in meters, like two meters by three maybe. Um, it was a small room and I just sat there the whole time. I just lay on the floor listening to worship music. I'd read like books and books and books and books. And I would just ask God to speak to me. I, he never really did overly. Um, in the midst of it at the beginning, I felt God, well, sorry. Now I can say I felt God say, but at the time I was just like, I had this idea of like, quite like to do a ministry school. Maybe that would be more effective and someone can teach me how to hear God and to do these amazing things. And so I decided I'm going to sign up for a ministry school. And so I signed up to go to a ministry school. And in the midst of that, deciding to go to this ministry school, um, I'd heard that someone from that ministry school was going to do a conference in Glasgow, which is about two and a half hours away from where I stay. And I was like, I'm going, I'm going to go there. And I was quite excited about it. And so I went down to Glasgow, I went to this conference and the conference turned out to be um, how to go on the streets and heal people. But one of the main things that they said is that they were like, we're not just going to go out and find people that are sick and pray for them. We're going to, before we even leave, ask God to show us who we're going to go pray for, write it down and then go find that person. Because then we can actually go, hey, look, God told me to find you. Do you want to get healed? He's like, it's going to be amazing. And I'm like, Yeah for you, like the guy that hears things, but I'm going to hear nothing. And so then he gets up, he got up as like intern and she taught like this whole session on how to hear God and the different ways he spoke. And I was like, sure, that's great. Um, and I was just like, cool, whatever. And so I'm listening and I'm really interested, but it's just not making much point to me because I'm like, I've tried all these things. I don't hear God. I don't hear God. I'm deaf. And, uh, and so he's like, all right, great. So he's like, well, that's the session done. We're going to go out in the streets now. He's like, what I'm going to do is, is like, I'm going to go ask you to find two, three people you don't know, partner up with them. And then I'm going to, and then sit down and I'm going to give you a test. So I just, I'm like looking around, I'm kind of panicked because I'm like, oh no, this is it. I'm actually going to have to go out in the streets. I can't really get away from this. And, um, and three old ladies that were like, like, well, I was quite young at this time, but it felt like they were like 300 years old. You know, like, you know, when you're young 
and everyone is old. Like people that are like 40 year old or something, you know, like, and these people were old. They were actually like 60, 70, 80. I don't know. Like uh, not old now that I'm like older. I'm like, oh, it's, it's pretty like young still. But like, nope, these were 60, 70, 80. And I'm like, okay, now here's me like in my early 20s with a bunch of people that are like, old people i don't have anything in common i don't know how to relate to them so they're sitting down and they're introducing themselves to each other and kind of looking over at me like oh we've got a young guy with us how exciting you know and i'm like yay <laughs> so exciting i'm gonna kill myself um and he he grabs the mic and he's like all right you've got your groups he's like okay you've got one minute he says write down five things about the person you're gonna meet and i'm like wait what 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 and he's like yeah okay Keep going. And I'm like, what, 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 what does he mean? Write down five things about the person. What does he even mean? He's like, just write down the first five things that you've got in your head. So he's like, 30 seconds. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? Why is this happening to me? I don't understand. And, ah, and he's like, 10, nine. And I'm like, ah, and so I just like, ah, and I just wrote down. I can't remember what I wrote down. Let me try and remember because it's important. I wrote down red hair, brown shoes, blue jacket, Christmas tree, green car. And I was like, and I, I just wrote it down. Like I just wrote down things that I just was like, uh, Christmas tree, uh, brown shoes, red hair. I just wrote things on a bit of paper. He says five things. I wrote five things. And I looked at it and I was like, what have I wrote? Like I'm like, I'm supposed to find someone with red hair in a green car with a Christmas tree. It's February. It was February. Okay. There's no Christmas trees left in February. And I'm like, and he's wearing brown shoes. I'm like, Ah, this is the worst thing. Why did I write a car? He's not like I, 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 running after cars. Excuse me, person in the green car. I need to pray for you, right? I mean, like, what am I supposed to do? And so I'm looking at his list and I'm just thinking, these old ladies better have something good because I've got nothing. And I'm like, and I, I, I mean, like, if you're going to make stuff up, at least make it good. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, what's a common hair color? Like brown. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people have blue eyes. Okay, brown hair, blue eyes. Okay. Uh, white. There's a lot of white people in Glasgow. Okay, great. Good. Uh, what else? Uh, in a shop. There you go. There's lots of shops. I mean, this, if I was making, like, what am I thinking? Making up really random things. Um, so I'm just thinking like, Phil, you are an idiot. And so anyway, he's like, all right, we're going to go out for an hour. He's like, go out, find your people and pray for them. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Good. So I head out. And I'm walking along with these like three old ladies and I'm like walking at like, you know, zero miles an hour because they're <laughs> shuffling along and I'm like, okay. And, and I'm actually thinking this is great because hopefully we only get to the end of the roads and we realize we've got to turn around because it's been half an hour. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so they're like, oh, this is great. And they're chatting away and I'm just thinking, oh God, I'm like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm dooming it. And I don't like talking to strangers anyway. So I already feel sick at the thought of talking to a stranger anyway. Never mind, like going, hey, look, you're on my list or, or worse. Hey, I need to talk to you because I need to talk to someone, but you're not on my list. So I just, I'm talking to a random stranger that's clearly not from God. Um, so we're walking along and, and the ladies grab a couple of people here and there and talk to them. And they weren't really on their list. They just decided to talk to people because old people love to talk to strangers. That's like their favorite activity in life. It is like talking to strangers and the bin day and postman coming. Like I live with old people, right? My entire apartment is like full of old people and you cannot imagine how excited they get when the postman comes or like when it's bin day. Like bin day is the best day of the week because they have an exciting activity to gather around. I don't know. They almost fight over who gets to put the bin out. Um, and I'm just like, man, old people are weird. I'm like, please don't let me get that weird when I'm old. Um, I want to be excited about more than bins. Um, so 
so we're shuffling along and they're chatting to a couple of people about the weather and things. They're not even talking about Jesus. I'm like, come on! Like, seriously, I'm depending on you doing something because I can't do anything here. And so I'm freaking out a little bit. And it's like, been about 45 minutes, okay? So we've got gone like about a mile down. We've come a long half a mile. We've, like, we've kind of done a big kind of loop. And we're coming back to the church and I'm like, these old people have talked to nobody useful. They've just found other old people to talk to about the weather and like, I don't know, the crisis in Bosnia. I don't know. Like, they just talk about random stuff. And I'm like, I could really do with like something, God. Because now the worst part, even more embarrassing than talking to a stranger is going back to the church and going, we got nothing. Because that's embarrassing, right? We're at a conference about how to speak to people on the street and we didn't speak to anyone on the street. Like, that's embarrassing to go back. Um, and I'm just thinking, okay, we're going to have to talk to someone. So we're coming back to the church and it's just right outside the church. There's like a crossroads and I get there and, uh, and there's been a car accident. Like there's two cars that have um, crashed and uh, one of the cars is like getting towed by a tow truck. It's getting like hooked up um, and there's a couple of people standing around. And so I just instinctively go up and go, oh, is everyone okay? Like how's, how's everyone doing? And, uh, and the guy I'm talking to is like, yeah, it's fine. Like I, he just crashed into me and he points to his car and I'm like, Oh, that car's green. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about it, but like, I was just like, oh, a green car. I was like, oh, a green car. Interesting. I was like, okay, cool. But like, it's a green car. Do you know how many green cars are in Glasgow? Like, I don't know, like 100,000? Quite a lot of green cars in Glasgow, I would imagine. So it's not exactly the most divine, amazing, inspired thing by God ever, right? I mean, it's just a green car. And so I'm chatting to him anyway, and, and I'm like, oh, well, like, what's going on? He was talking to me, and it was like talking about some bits and pieces about his family and things like that. And, and I was just like, um, I can't remember what I did. I said, I know this is weird. I was like, but could I pray for you? And he was like, yeah, actually, I'd really like that. And asking a stranger on the streets of Glasgow if you can pray for them is... It's a dicey affair. It could go one of two ways, and one of the ways ends up with you dead. Um, but the other way ends up with you not dead. I can't even promise it goes well, but at least you'll be alive. Um, and it was, I, I was quite nervous about asking a complete stranger. He was, quite a, he was a character. He was, he was an interesting guy. Um, and uh, he's like, yeah, actually. He's like, you can pray for me. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, can I put my arm on your shoulder? And he's like, yeah, okay. And I was like, well, my hand on your shoulder. My arm, like... <laughs> Um, but I was like, okay. And so I put my hand on his shoulder and I was like, oh, he's wearing a blue jacket. I was like, huh. And it was at that point, I was like, that's interesting. But I was like, well, how many people wear blue jackets? Again, thousands and thousands and thousands of people wear blue jackets. I mean, who cares, right? So anyway, so I'm, I'm praying for him and, and I'm just praying like, you know, I bless his family. I bless his car situation. I hope he gets car fixed and, you know, get a new car or whatever he needs. Um, and as I break, I kind of look down because it's awkward to look at someone and you know, it's whatever. I'm not good at this at this point. I don't know if I'm good at it at this point. Anyway, um, hands on shoulder. And I look down and I'm praying and I'm like, he's got brown shoes on. I'm like, eh, it's quite interesting. I was like, do you know what? I'm going to show him the list. I'm like, because it's kind of a bit weird. And it might encourage him and he'd be like, oh, wow, God thought of me or something. And I'm like, but like, there's probably like a million people with like brown shoes, blue jacket with a green car. I mean, like, it's not that weird, right? I probably definitely have a blue jacket. I have brown shoes and I don't have a green car, but I'm like, you know what I mean? It's, it's quite common to have these things. So I'm like, oh, whatever. But I was like, hey, can I show you this list? I'm like, because before I came out, I asked God to show me someone that I could pray for. And look, it's got a green car and a brown jacket, uh, brown shoes and blue sh shirt, uh, blue jacket. And he's like, that's amazing. And he ripped off his hat and he was like, I've got red hair as well. And I was like, huh, interesting. And so he was like encouraging me. He's like, this is amazing. How good is this? And he's like, 
what the heck's a Christmas tree about though? That's weird. And I was like, yeah, it is. And he was like, huh. And he's like, oh, well. And so we're chatting away or whatever. And as we're chatting, um, he stops just in his top tracks. He's chatting away and he just goes, and I'm like, you okay? Like, has he had a seizure or something from the, like the, the car impact is that a delayed effect that's given him a stroke or something. He just kind of stopped and he's staring like just over my shoulder. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't know what is going wrong with this guy. So I look over my shoulder and there's a big shop window and in it is a Christmas tree in February. And I'm like, yeah, right enough, that is pretty weird. <laughs> and so we then end up like chatting. We're just having a bit of a laugh and ah. Guy didn't get saved. He didn't get miraculously healed of anything or anything like that. It was just like, oh, it was quite interesting. And he was kind of like, wow, that's amazing. And then we went back to the church and the old ladies had long gone back to the church anyway. So I was on my own. And so I went back and, um, and I don't even know if I shared it in the church. I can't remember that much. But I just remember what I thought was, it went from, okay, that's, that's just like an easy coincidence or green car or a blue jacket or brown shoes. Like those are all coincidences. Even like seeing a Christmas tree in February, ah, that could happen. I mean, it's only two months after Christmas. It could happen. But when you start to put them all together, and the fact it was like 50 feet from the church, you start to go, ah, that's pretty unlikely that it's just a coincidence. And then I started to think, but I just made it all up in about eight seconds as the guy was doing a countdown, as I was freaking out, I just wrote stuff down. I just didn't even think, I just wrote it down. And I was in that moment, I just suddenly realized, how often do I disregard the voice of God? Because that I would have thrown away in two seconds. Every thought, Christmas tree, blue jacket, brown shoes, red hair. If I just had that thought in the day and God had said, Look out for someone with red hair. I'd be like, that was just me just thinking of red hair. Or, you know, a Christmas tree. And I'd be like, why am I thinking of Christmas trees in February? I wouldn't sit and go, hmm, God's saying something. And it just made me think, how often do I completely miss the voice of God? Because he's just said something. And I just assumed it was me. Or I just assumed it was irrelevant or a distraction even maybe. It was just really challenging to me because it opened up this whole new world of where there was all these different ways I could hear God. But my challenge was, well, am I hearing God or am I making it up? So yeah, you can, you can have a dream, right? There's plenty of people in the Bible that have dreams that, um, you know, Paul falls asleep and angels visit him in his dream. You've got, um, uh, Job talks about uh, receiving from God in his dreams. There's, there's people that receive from God in their dreams consistently. And yet, how often do I have a dream and just think, oh, probably had a bit too much pizza, right? I mean, that's, that's like, cause I, and especially because some of my dreams are weird, right? I'm hoping they are not from God because um, like, they're kind of apocalyptic, you know, weird, like, I don't know, whatever. Um, dolphins take over the world. I'm hoping that's not a prophetic word, you know, or whatever. Um, so sometimes dreams are just dreams. I'm sure that's the case. Just like sometimes your thoughts are just thoughts. But how often do I just go, ah, it was just a dream? Or, ah, that was just a thought. Or we get a picture in our head, right? I mean, another way God speaks to us, I mean, Jesus used this actively, didn't he? He would tell people these parables and they would paint this beautiful picture of a story of a guy walking down the street or maybe um, uh, uh, an owner of a vineyard sending his son to, to deal with it. And all these different pictures that we'd be like, oh yeah, I can totally imagine and see that and, and all of that. And then in that, he would then speak to us powerfully. 
and, and we get this all the time, right? I mean, like when we said, okay, some of you write down uh, what God's going to say when, we, when, he, when you ask him, what does God think of you? I mean, how many of you got pictures? I mean, almost all of you were like, oh, I, I saw this picture or I got this image or whatever. And so he uses our imagination, but how often do we go, eh, it's just my imagination, right? I mean, like that, it kind of scared me almost, right? Because I was still as well in the me- mentality of like, well, if I miss God's voice, he's going to be upset with me, which is not at all the case. God doesn't mind at all. It's for our benefit, not for his, that he speaks. And so there's, there's this, this myriad of ways that God speaks, and yet we have this opportunity to completely miss it if we're not conscious that God is speaking all the time and that there is a potential in that everything could be meaningless, but there's also an equal potential that everything can be meaningful. And the only difference is our subjectivity. It's us choosing to decide, is that meaningful or is it not? At the end of the day, that's all we have to go on, really, isn't it? If if we're honest. And so there's different things I want to talk about in playing that, but I want to just touch on some of the ways God speaks first. um, And then uh, we'll kind of look at that a little bit more uh, closely. Um, so there's a few different ways. So first of all, we've talked about the Bible. It's an, an amazing way that God speaks to you. And God has spoke to me in so many different ways where you open up the Bible and, and you just read something and it just comes to life, doesn't it? You know, sometimes you're reading the Bible and you read that passage a hundred times and it means nothing, you know, or it means something. It means this theological thing about God or about you or whatever. But that, there's a one time you, you open up and you start reading and you go, oh, whoa, that just hit me. I realized something completely fresh, new. Maybe you realize, actually, I've read that Bible verse upside down. It's a completely different verse to me now or something completely new. And, um, you know, scripture um, for that, uh, I've got a few scriptures for these. Uh, I don't like kind of proof texting and just grabbing a, a scripture out of context. And the scripture is entirely out of context and doesn't mean what we think it means. But I'll give you it anyway, because we should give some scriptures here or there. Um 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture which is breathed out by God, which is God-breathed, is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so there's an element of scripture has this um, nature in which God has breathed into uh, the scriptures and that some of it is going to come to life for you in different moments and different seasons and it's going to be good for your correction for training and for guidance and 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 so we, we should expect that when we open up the words we should uh, sorry not the word but the scriptures when we open up the scriptures we should have this expectation of God could very well speak to me through this it may be that I'm reading it out of a discipline or out of learning or out of study but there is also a deep, deep expectation that God is very likely to speak to me through this. It's very capable of speaking to me through this as well. And so the scriptures aren't um, this divine thing. Uh, they aren't this, uh, this thing that we put on a pedestal in any way, shape or form, but they are one of the key ways that God speaks to us because it's, it's a written record of how he has dealt with people throughout millennia. It's how he operates. It's how he loves to work with his people. It's a, it's a, it's a evolution of, of how God has been revealed throughout history. And so we get to see the progression of how God has revealed himself to man. And so there's so much beauty in the scripture. And we'll talk about that. I'm going to do um, some sessions on how we read the Bible, how we understand the Bible. And, um, and hopefully that will um, be really helpful for us. But scripture's really, really good. Uh, all right, I've got a few more. Um, these are all stolen from uh, Paula 
I don't know. Well, and I guess you stole them from this guy, didn't you? Right. So it's great. I've added a couple, um, but we've got the still small voice. And so maybe that's something more like um, what happened to me in that day where I just had like, Oh, I'm just going to write down the first thing that pops into my head. It's just like, and, and if it was not under time pressure that I had to write down the first five words that came to my mind, I wouldn't write down any of them. Like if I, if I said to me, if it had been said to me, you've got 30 minutes, go away and come back with five things about a person that God, there's no way any of those would have been on the list. Cause I would have sat down and gone, mm, nah, probably not. It's a bit obvious, blah, blah, blah. You know, I just, I wouldn't have taken any of those because they were too subtle. They were too simple. They were too irrelevant in my way of seeing things. And so the example in this one is um, in first Kings 19, uh, 12, um, you've got is it Elijah or Elisha. I think it's Elijah, isn't it? Elisha, Elijah, Elijah, Elisha. It's like one letter, just whatever. <laughs> and you've got, um, he's up in the, in the mountains, he's hiding in the cave and um, he's doing his thing and he's going, oh, well, I, I want to hear God. God, what are you saying about this? And, and all of a sudden, um, there's this massive gust of wind, isn't there? And there's this huge wind going on and, and he goes outside and he goes, oh, is that God? And it's like, well, no. And God caused the winds, but God wasn't in the winds. And then there's this huge, massive earthquake, isn't there? And it is, or is it a fire next? I can't remember. It's a big, let's say a fire. There's this huge, massive fire and a fire goes right past the cave. And God has caused this fire, but God isn't in the fire. And then there's this massive earthquake that God causes and it's like shaking everything like crazy. And yet God isn't in the earthquake. And the whole time Elijah's going like, what is going on, right? I mean, he's like, God, I want you to speak to me. I don't really need mass natural disasters. You know, like there's a time and a place, um, San Francisco at the gaze, not right now. No, no one got that joke. Um, but <laughs> natural disasters, we don't need that right now. I want you to hear your voice. I want to find you. I don't care about you starting these natural disasters and massive displays of how powerful you are. I want to hear your voice. And so the next thing that's going on is this tiny little wind. It's like a, a whispering, like a, and he's like, and he goes out to hear what, what is this? And it's God. And he responds and God speaks to him and, and guides him and, and gives him insight. And there's this thing of, we can get so caught up in the big things that God does that we actually miss who God is. We actually miss God himself. And so um, it's important that we look for God in the little things. I think actually this is a huge lesson because nine times out of 10, we're expecting the big. We're expecting a supernatural. We're expecting that amazing healing. We're expecting someone raised from the dead. We're expecting this amazing prophetic words. But sometimes God's in the most insignificant thing because to God, none of it is insignificant. If you're sitting in your room and God just pops a tiny little thing into your head that's about nothing, it seems, that's just as significant as when you're on a street corner and someone's been hit by a car and you have to pray for them to be healed and he does that as well. They're both as significant and real and relevant because it's you and God in connection, in communion. And that's what's the important part here. Um, okay, so you've got um, the audible voice of God. Um, I'm not going to go through all the scriptures of these. You know what I'm going to do is, I'm trying to think. I'll, I'll give you the scriptures and you can, um, you can write them down. So you've got the audible voice of God, 2 Peter 1, 17, 18. Um, it's a good verse for that. Um, talks about how 
uh, I'm now going to go through the scripture, uh, talks about how Jesus uh, gets baptized and then this booming voice from heaven, isn't there? And God goes, this is my son who I am well pleased in. And it's like, and, um, and it says, well, we know because we were there. This is Peter. He's like, we were there and we heard God say that. And so there's something about like, we can hear God audibly say something that's amazing um andy and sharon mentioned the other day that um when june put her hand on the door to open the door to the church in glebelands road that first church um which put her hands on the door it uh god said to her audibly this is the land in which i've given you possibly something around that <laughs> can't remember the exact uh, wording but she heard audibly and sometimes um i think sharon had said she wouldn't have stayed at that church unless she'd heard that audible voice because there was just a lot of work involved and a lot of opposition and it just felt like hard work. It didn't feel like it was something that God was on necessarily, but because she had that audible word and she's like, I cannot doubt that God said that and therefore I'm going to stick with this and trust him. And so sometimes he does, sometimes he does that. And you know what? We, we like to say, oh, you know what? I hate that God gives me this little whisper in my ear or makes me have a little thought here or there or speaks to me in dreams. I'd much rather God just spoke to me audibly like my friend does. But what's amazing about that is we go back to when Jesus got baptized and it was a, this is my son and who I'm well pleased. It's this massive noise from heaven. And most of the people there went, oh, there's thunder. They didn't hear God. And so God can speak audibly and we can still completely miss it. And so it's not about God's communication. It's about your heart towards hearing that communication? Are you open to hearing what God's got to say? Because if you're open to hearing what God's got to say, the audible voice and the still small voice are completely irrelevant. It's one and the same. Because how God communicates isn't important if you're willing to receive and hear and you're opening and, you, and your heart is postured to listen to what he's saying. Um, we covered this one, the kind of mind's eye picture, the, the imaginations. And again, parables are a great example of that. Um, there's everyday things. Uh, I like this one. Um, the, the scripture that was in there was Amos uh, 8.2, which is a fantastic scripture. So the minor prophets are brilliant. I mean, a bunch of miserable gits, but they were really fantastic people, really interesting. Uh, in fact, most prophets in the Bible are a bunch of miserable gits, um, not the happiest people. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, Thank goodness that if you're a prophet, you're a New Testament prophet. Um, Amos 2, uh, 8 2, God goes, uh, all right, what's that? And the guy goes, uh, it's a fruit bowl, right? So it's a basket with fruit in it. And God goes, all right, well, it clearly means this and gives him this massive and incredible, profound insight based on a fruit bowl. You know, another example is in uh, Jeremiah. This is the one that sprung to my mind as I was reading that. It was funny. Jeremiah 1, uh, 11 through 14 uh, the same sort of thing happens. God goes, hey, what do you see? And Jeremiah goes, I can't remember what he saw now. What did he see? He goes, I see, do you remember what Jeremiah saw? Who's got a, a, yeah. So the first one is I see a branch and God goes, oh, well that obviously means this. And it's completely irrelevant. Like it doesn't really seem to be linked to a branch. And then the second thing he goes, oh, what else do you see? And he goes, well, I see, is it a pot or something? He's like, I see a pot. And it's like, Okay, well, that clearly means this. And again, it seems kind of irrelevant. Is it a branch in a pot? I think it is. Uh, it's, uh, Jeremiah 1, 11 through 14 or so. Branch of an almond tree. Yeah. Um, and so there's this thing of like, sometimes you're just sitting there and something will jump out at you and you go, well, I'm noticing something that's weird. 
that I shouldn't be noticing that. That's not that important. You know, you don't look at a pot and go, wow, how profound is that? It's a pot. Um, but sometimes you look at the pot and God says something about boiling water or about cooking or about something and you start to think, why am I so fixated on thinking about this? And you go down this whole thing and then you suddenly realize, I think God's actually speaking to me through a pot, <laughs> right? And so every now and again, and we probably will practice this when we do prophetic stuff and things like that, we'll probably do some activities um, around that. Um, I used to have a group of people that, um, a group of teenagers that I taught uh, prophecy to. And one of the things I would do is I would just say, um, I think I just had this big box of like just junk and I just turn it upside down in the middle of the room and I pull it out and I go, all right, everyone pick up one thing. And they didn't know what they were doing. So they pick up something and uh, they've got like a juggling ball or something. And I'm like, okay, give me a prophetic words about that juggling ball. So it's for me about that juggling ball. And they're like, uh, well, um, you're... Um, you're someone that actually can keep a lot of things going at once. Like a juggler, you can actually manage multiple things at once. And you, you're not just stuck holding a ball. You don't like go, okay, I've got to do one thing at once. You can actually manage three, four, five things. It doesn't bother you. And I'm like, that's a pretty good prophetic word. And it came from a juggling ball. And it wasn't even a massively divine encounter. I just gave you a juggling ball and said, give me a word. Um, and the other person picked up a Barbie doll or a playing card or a pack of crisps or whatever it is, it doesn't matter because God will speak through these everyday things if you let him, if you are ready and willing to hear. Because he's always speaking. Sometimes we just need to give him a frame in which to speak. Um, words spoken by others, um, prophecy. You know, there's, I mean, there's not even any point in giving you scriptures for that. I mean, go open your Bible. I mean, it's basically people speaking. I heard God say this. This is what he's saying to us. Um, and it's throughout the Old Testament, it's throughout the New Testament, people gave words of prophecy and we still do today. And uh, we'll touch on this next week for prophecy, but don't build prophecy up into a big thing. Prophecy is not a big thing. Prophecy is two things, hearing God's voice and telling someone else. And so, you know, hopefully by the end of this week, I think you already are pretty confident I can hear God's voice. So tick. Okay, so if you can hear God's voice, tick. Can you talk to other people? Yes, tick. You all have the gift of prophecy. There you go. That's it. You're done. You have every single element required to prophesy over someone. You can hear God's voice and you can talk to someone. That's all it is. And so we, we like to uh, mystify and make prophecy this, this wow. And it, it just really is simple in the life of someone that hears God's voice. It's natural that you're going to tell people what you're hearing and what, what God's saying. And it's natural that God's going to speak to you about other people and for other people. Oh man, is it two? I should move on. Um, okay, so we've got we've got dreams. God speaks to you in your sleep. We've covered that. Um, visions while you're awake, very similar to um, a dream. It's, so this a vision is different from just like oh, I'm like kind of just pulling a, an image out of my head. It's a lot more. Um, it, it it may well seem a lot more of a supernatural thing. So a vision is something that you kind of go into more so, um, and so it's kind of. Um, a lot of people break up visions into uh, an inner vision and a, and a kind of outer vision. Uh, and so the inner vision might be more like the mind's eye imagination, like, oh, I'm just seeing a picture in my head. And that's that. Uh, an outer vision is a lot more like um, what would happen to Peter. Do you remember Peter? And he's on the roof and he's praying and, and all of a sudden he just goes into this epic trance. And, and there's a cloth that goes down from heaven and, you know, God's saying, okay, eat from this and this and this and this. And it, like this is like, 
I'm not picturing this in my head. I can reach out and pick up the pork chops, um, which I'm not very happy about because I'm Peter. Um, angelic visitations, angels can rock up and show up and go, hey, how's it going? I'm Gabriel. Um, God was thinking this, maybe you'd want to do that. Um, and again, happens throughout the Old Testament, happens throughout the New Testament. Um, nature, um, you've got Romans uh, 129, talks about how all creation is screaming the name of God. It's talking about who he is and what he is. And, um, and it's just amazing stories. And, and, you know, some of you talked about, you know, going just enjoying nature and being like, whoa, it's, it's hard to be in the world, in nature. I just like, you can pick up a leaf or you can look at the stars. It doesn't matter how small or how big. It just kind of makes you go, whoa. I mean, nature is just incredible, isn't it? Um, animals, okay. This is kind of a silly one, but hey, you can have a donkey talk to you. Okay, happens in the scriptures. It's amazing. And so like, there's, there's, there's no uh, boundaries here. A couple of weeks ago, we had one of the guys in the church um, talking about um, trees. What was, what was it Tony was saying about trees? I can't even remember, but it was like, just like mind-blowing kind of like stuff happening with nature and God speaking to people through nature and, and encountering God through nature. And so, you know, it doesn't matter. And I think this is, this is, the, this is the, I guess, the purpose of me giving this list is not to go, well, that's a way I could do it. I could try and do it through a dream or I could try and do it through a picture in my head or I could try and do it through a natural object. My purpose in giving you a list is to say, there is no list. Does that make sense? The reason of me giving you all these different ways is to go, don't stop there. If you can think of another way God can speak to you, it's probably another way God can speak to you. Because donkeys speaking to you wasn't on the list until Balaam started talking. Do you know what I mean? Like God didn't wrestle with people until Jacob went, oh, that was weird, <laughs> right? And so God is willing, able, and allowed to break all the rules, jump off the list and go, I'm going to speak to you this way. And you might go, that was seriously weird. Is that God? And that's where we start to come down to the question of like, how do we decide? Is it God or is it me or is it Satan perhaps? Um, and really that's what um, people really... Uh, struggle with is this concept of how do I identify is this me um, or is it God? Because the question we have when God speaks is we go, oh, well, is it God, right? And because if it's not God, we don't want to make a mistake, right? And actually the biggest reason we're asking that question is because we're motivated by fear. The biggest question you ask, is that God, is because first of all, you don't trust yourself, you don't trust God, and you're scared of making the wrong decision. It's, it's all fear-based stuff. Or maybe you're scared of how big Satan is and that he's going to deceive you. It's all still fear. It's fear, 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 fear. And so the question in and of itself is a motivation based on something that is not good. You know, asking that question, is this God, is ultimately one of the, the um, it's, it's just not, it's not a healthy thing to do. Now, we need to work on a bunch of things to, 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 build a framework where we don't need to ask the question, right? So we want to build a framework where we go, okay, no, I can trust myself. I can trust God. I'm not worried about Satan. And, and I'm not going to do that in the next 25 minutes. Um, but we will do that over the school where we're going to start to see Satan is not a big deal. Let me tell you, God put Satan in the Garden of Eden and then said, everything's very good, right? I mean, does that not give you a concept of how small Satan is? In fact, God made Satan like the snake and then said, all right, let's make him able to talk. And then let's put him on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
make sure he's able to talk to the humans so he can speak the same language as them. Um, yeah, anything else? Yeah, no, that's fine. Let's just make sure that Satan's right there in the middle. This is very good. Isn't my creation great? And you're like, well, this is a big issue. And God's like, nah, it's just Satan. Like, God isn't worried about Satan. He isn't even worried about sin. He isn't worried about bad mistakes. If there's one lesson we learn from Genesis 1 through 3, is that sin is not what motivates God. And avoiding sin is not what motivates God. And Satan isn't even on his radar. Like, it just, we, we can't be motivated by Satan will deceive me. Because the truth is, God is so much bigger and more capable of keeping you safe than Satan is of deceiving you. Like, if you're worried about Satan being able to deceive you, all it says is, I don't trust that God can keep me, that God can stop me being deceived. And so, the Holy Spirit is our teacher, the Holy Spirit is our comforter, the Holy Spirit is our guider, he's our protector. You know, we don't need to worry about the Satan when the Holy Spirit is in, in place, and that's what it is, right? We all have Holy Spirit, we don't need to worry about these things. For me, it comes down to, to one main thing, you know. I used to really, really worry because I'd be like, well, okay, what if I get it wrong or I might not get it right? There's, there's, you've got these three factors. You've got Satan, okay? Now, Satan is not good. I don't know if this is news to you, right? But Satan's a bad guy, not good, evil, yada, yada, yada. You know the story. God is good, very good, better than you think, and then better some more. Like, he's really, really good. So really, that's not an issue, right? It's kind of easy if a word is really good or really bad. You know, if the word is, I, f I got this thought that came into my head that I should sleep with my neighbor's wife. Is that God or is that Satan, right? I mean, that's not a hard one, right? You go, mm, probably Satan, that one, right? Definitely not God. The issue we find is actually in the middle ground, right? The issue we find is, is was it me? But actually, I think the, the challenge isn't really... A challenge because you're gonna you're gonna learn as the school progresses that we are inherently good we, we are trustworthy we are we are we are pure we are righteous we are the image of god we are um his magnificent uh demonstration in physical form i mean we, we are holy we are pure we are good but we're in process of discovering that and so the, we do make decisions and have thoughts and do things that aren't necessarily great at times and so the issue we find is that we have all of this stuff but we're working on renewing our mind of discovering who we are and in that process we might have some bad thoughts and so in as as we grow as we develop we're going to find ourselves that our thoughts are going to be more like God's thoughts anyway. Um, I can't remember who it was that was talking about that. Was it maybe you? But um, yeah, you were saying, um, you know, sometimes we, we talk about, um, well, God used to talk to me all the time about this and this and this, and now he doesn't talk to me so much. And I'm like, praise God. That's a really, really good progression. Like that's a really good progression. Because if you are a parent and you have to go to your, uh, kids and go okay this is how you pour milk and I'm just pouring the milk in the cup for you right and then can you imagine they're 28 and they come home and go ah uh, mom I really 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 want some milk can you get me some from the fridge and you go okay no problem son and you go to the fridge and you open up the milk and you pour it into the little sippy cup so they don't spill it like you've got a very big problem with your 28 year old son right because at a certain point you really hope that your kid just starts opening the fridge door grabbing the milk and pouring themselves a glass because that's a healthy progression. And so, like, 
if God's going, oh my gosh, we've been talking for 30 years and you're still asking me, is it okay if I go to church or, you know, or whatever it is, you know, it's like, yes, yes, we covered that on day one. I would really love it if you just got that one, you know, should I be nice to this guy that's being mean? Really? You're asking that for the 3000th time? I kind of covered that the first 2,999. Yes, be nice to the person that's being mean. Love your enemy, right? I mean, and so hopefully as time goes on, we just don't need to hear God's voice because we're becoming more like him. We know that voice. And actually the voice in our heads, our voice is the voice of God's because we are becoming like our father. So your voice, the son's voice is the father's voice. Your voice is his voice. The thought you had, the idea you had, is the idea you've seen your father have again and again and again to the point where you go, oh, that's what I would do in this situation. So your idea is what his idea would be. Does that make sense? I'm not saying you are God and you're creating God's thoughts. I'm just saying you've been around God giving you ideas and, and ideas enough that your ideas just become God-like. And so as we grow, as we develop, we, we actually find that we can trust our thoughts and trust our motivations more and more in that we actually don't even worry about the, was that me or was that God's? Because the line is kind of dissolving because I'm becoming more like my father. My thoughts are becoming more like my father. And have you ever met someone like that? I, like, I, the example I think of, I don't know if you're familiar with Bethel Church in, uh, in America, this guy called Bill Johnson leads it. And, and his son is Eric Johnson. And Eric Johnson now runs the whole church. Um, and I don't know if there's a father-son combo I've ever seen that are so alike. Like you just see the son and you're like, okay, you're Bill's son. Like they just, they, they, they talk the same, they look the same, they act the same, they say the same phrases. And you're just like, you spent a lot of time around your dad. And is, is Eric Bill? No, Eric is Eric. But he spent so much time around his dad and learning from his dad that what he does is what his dad would do in that situation. Like he doesn't have to go, oh, I better call my dad and ask what to do. He just goes, oh, I know what my dad would do. And so this is why I'm saying these days, I just don't ask what God would do in a lot of situations because these are recurring situations. I've done this one before. I know I should just forgive the person. Because I did the unforgiveness thing and God taught me about it and dealt with it. And I don't want to do that again. <laughs> I'll just forgive them. And so it's a, it's a process of we're, we're becoming more like our father. And so with, with, with the, is it the voice of uh, the enemy? Is it the voice of God? That's simple. You know, look at the fruit of the spirit. Is it loving? Is it patient? Is it kind? Is it good? You know, these are simple things. Um, if you start to look at the fruit of the idea you have and go, oh, wow, that's going to make me angry, mad. It's going to be mean. It's going to hurt people. That's a really good indication that it's not from the father. And it's a really good indication that if it's from you, it's not a healthy from you. That's an area that God still needs to work on you. And so actually, it's just a good thing anyway. This is the thing. Any of these bad and negative thoughts that pop into our head are good indications because it shows us where we need to grow. It shows us where we, can, where we can go to God and go, God, I'm thinking this. Why do I think that? Show me where I need to work in my life. Show me where I need to develop and grow in my life because I don't want to have that kind of thought. I want to have your kind of thought. Um, and so even when we have um, thoughts and ideas and we feel we're hearing God and we get it wrong, that can be a good thing. Like going completely off base and screwing up massively 
it's kind of a good thing at times. It's, it's, it's the thing of what will you choose to turn it into? So it's not going to be good. You might have consequences. It might be messy, but you get to go, huh, I now know what a mess looks like and I'm not going to do it again, right? And so it's again, um, parents, you sometimes see your kids make mistakes and you're like, man, that sucks. You're going to have a really bad time dealing with that issue you've just created, right? So your kid beats up another kid at school and you're like, that's not what I would have done. And it's a real sucky situation because you've got detention for a week now. But hopefully you've learned a really valuable lesson from this, right? I mean, it's, and, and, and it doesn't change how I feel about you. It doesn't really change anything in the grand scheme of things. And so I think God oftentimes, he's not that worried. Even when we, we wrongly assign the voice and we go off on a completely wrong journey, I think he's much more interested in us learning to hear his voice, learning to grow. So when we go, oh, that really wasn't God. We've learned, we've learned. Gosh, that voice is not God. That wasn't God. That's a really helpful thing to learn. Like the father never watches a boy walk, learning to walk and goes, oh, they've fallen over again. They're so stupid and useless. They go, oh, great. Because every time they fall and they pick themselves back up, they're learning more and more. They're building more skills, motor neuron skills to walk and to learn to walk. And it's the same thing as we're learning to talk and discuss and, 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 and engage with God. So a better example would probably be even talking to your parents. Your parents don't go, oh, my name's dad, not duh. Idiot, you know, what I mean, like that's that's no no parent has ever thought that, right? Because the first thing you think is to go, whoa, he said da, that's daddy, that's daddy, he said da, not ma, ha ha, you know, um, right? But like that's what we think. We're like, oh, we're not going. Oh, didn't say daddy properly, you know? It's like that. Of course, we don't care because they're learning and they're growing. And so, in the same way, and and my my mentor uh, who used to be um, in the church I used to be in, he used to say a phrase that I don't entirely agree with, but I absolutely love it anyway. And you'll find that I just say walk in contradiction. So get used to it. Um, he used to say, God would rather you made a bad decision in faith than a good decision in unbelief. And I, I don't like it because I don't believe in faith and unbelief being motivating thoughts behind making decisions. But anyway, that's kind of like, we'll get to that in months. Um, but I think the principle is there. If, like, if you're talking to God and God goes, oh, you thought I said this and you've gone off and done that? I love it. Because you thought I said that and you went and did it. Like you were like, my dad wants me to do this. I'm going to do it. And you might be thinking, well, I didn't say that, but I like your passion, right? <laughs> like that's exciting. And you want to do that for me. And you thought I said that and you're wanting to learn how to hear my voice. And so actually doing the right thing, but doing it because you want to or because of what else, something completely separate from I think this is what my father would do isn't as exciting as, going, oh, I think this is what my father is doing, doing it wrong. Like, and so there's an element of that. And, and again, I don't want you to build a doctrine out of that at all. But I think there's something in that that we can understand that, that God's in it for the relationship. He's never in it for any of the other stuff. Like that's all secondary to the relationship. So why do you hear God's voice? You never hear God's voice to know what to do or to do the right thing or to blah, 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 blah. You hear God's voice for the relationship. And in that, you're going to learn what to do. You're going to learn how to act. You're going to change what you do and change where you go and all these different things. Absolutely. But it's in the relational element. And that's what God is invested in. That's what God desires is the relationship and is developing and, and becoming more like him. And that's really what it's about. And there's nothing that God will ever say to you that isn't ultimately trying to teach you more of his heart and more of who you are. Those are the two fundamentals. And in it, he might say, I would do that 
But the, the reason he's telling you he would do that is so that you learn that's my heart. It says in the Psalms um, that Moses, uh, the people of Israel knew God's acts, but Moses knew his ways. And there's this distinction that everyone in Israel were like, oh, God does this or God does that and God does this. But Moses would go, God did that because of this and God did that because of that. And when God did this, it was because of this. And God doesn't really care if you know his acts. He wants you to know why he acts. He wants you to know his heart. He wants you to know his ways. And so this is what we're trying to engage with when, we, when, we, when we're connecting with our Papa is why do you do the things you do? Who are you? Who am I? How can I become more like you? How can I do things because of the same reasons that you do things? Does that make sense? Let me just check what I'm saying. The, the, yeah. There's a whole section on uh, <laughs> that I've kind of just left for dead. But it's, it's all good. Um, it, it's, it's not massively important. But there's um, some people really struggle when engaging with all these different ways of, of, of hearing God. Um, we kind of touched on it, I guess, a bit at the beginning of of we can be too analytical and we can t overthink it too much. And, and I think this is why I'm trying to water it down is, is, you know, some of us can be very analytical. Some of us like to be a bit more spontaneous. The, there's, there's no right or wrong um, and it's all good. And the truth is we are all both of them. Um, a, a lot of us like to be divided into one camp or the other and it can often become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I go, I'm very analytical and therefore I close down from being spontaneous more and go even more analytical. It's like people that say they're not creative. You're crazy if you think you're not creative. Like an accountant, the most boring blah job in the world is still creative. Like you're still creating things. You're, you're coming up with spreadsheets to manage people. You're still creating on some level. And so um, it's the same thing of like, well, I'm very analytical. And it's like, yeah, but you have the capacity to be spontaneous and to flow and to operate. And uh, well, I'm very spontaneous. Yeah, but you have the capacity to stop and think about what you're doing and, and evaluate. And so um, I, I think there's an importance to know what's my default and what do I tend to do? Because at times, if we can be analytical, we can, we can overthink things too much. Uh, and I think that's unhealthy. Um, but at the same time, you can be too flowy that you get into trouble as well. Like you need to stop and go, maybe I'll ask my pastor. Maybe I'll ask, you know, Rebecca. Maybe I'll uh, talk to the other guys in the house and go, I'm thinking God said this, but what do you think? You know, that's a really healthy thing to do. Um, and so neither one is right or wrong, but be conscious of what you're most likely to do. If you're the sort of person that just, da -da 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 -da, that's really awesome. I love it. But be conscious that that is the type of person you are and stop and go, maybe every now and again, I should stop and think about this. I should get extra input. I should do whatever. In the same way, if you're the sort of person that overthinks and analyzes absolutely everything, maybe just go, you know what? That's not always the healthiest thing. I'll probably just try and roll with it and see what happens. Or maybe I'll ask some people that find it easier to roll with it if they can help me do that. Um, and so try not to be, um, try not to box yourself in. There's only one way I can engage with God because God engages in both ways. God is very analytical. He's very um, spontaneous and flowy as well. Like there's not a, a right or wrong um, and, and God will speak to you where you are. But the, the more you open yourself up to the fullness of who you are, and all the different ways that God can speak to you, the more ways God will be able to speak to you. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, and we'll talk about this properly in a session further down the line in the school, is all of this stuff is subjective. Every single element, whether it's a dream, whether it's 
the Bible, whether it's other people's opinion. So you can have someone give you prophetic words. I feel God said, you're going to be a missionary. And you think, no, I'm not. And that's okay. Because you subjectively, from your perspective, can see that word. They subjectively, from their perspective, saw that word. And God might have said something completely different. Right. I don't know. Um, you know, for you, those that are in a relationship or have been in, in, in kind of um, more significant relationships, it's very uh, a good example would be, you know, uh, when um, someone you're in a relationship with says one thing and you hear something and they're like, I did not say that. Right. So you have um, you have the wife who wakes up one morning and she's just like, oh, I just don't feel very attractive or blah, 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 and, you know, whatever it is. And the husband comes home from work and goes, you look really great today. And all they think is like, today? What about yesterday? Right? And you're like, ah, I just meant you look really good. Don't shoot me. Right? And like, all, all of a sudden the guy is like getting like, what? What do you mean? Do I not look good every day? Like, ah. And you're like, ah, okay. The way you are operating right now has had an influence on how you heard what I said. And that happens all the time in, in loads of different ways, in a million different ways, right? Um, and so just be conscious that when people are giving you input, they're subjectively hearing God. When you are hearing God, you're subjectively hearing God. When you open your Bible, you subjectively read the Bible. Um, all of these things are based on where we're at right now. And this is why, you know, uh, again, I think Rebecca said, you know, 10 years ago, God said this to me. I'm so sure God said this to me. But now looking at it, I'm like, that wasn't God. Or if it was God, I misheard him. And it, he would have said something different and I just took it a different way. And I can say that about a million things in my life. I was so sure God said this, but looking back, well, he probably actually said this and I heard it this way. And so just be conscious that you're not always going to be right. And it's okay to not always be right. It's a relationship. It's a development. It's a growth. Um, but always have, um, if I can be controversial, I don't know if these guys would, uh, would, uh, I agree with this, but that's okay. We, we have a, a holistic approach to this. Introduce doubt into hearing God. So after sharing for five hours today about how you can hear God and you should trust that you hear God and all that different stuff, have an element of doubt, not in can I hear God, but introduce doubt in the sense that no, you don't have the capacity to hear purely from anything, from the Bible, from God, from other people, you're always going to twist things based on your hurts, your pains, your experience, your, your whatever it is. And just be conscious of that. And you don't know what that is either. You don't always know what your hurts and your pains and whatever are, but just know I might have that. And that's why it's healthy to go to the scripture, go to other people, have people that you ask their opinion of, all these different things, because that, that waters down subjectivity. It never fixes it because all these sources are still subjective, but it waters it down a bit. It creates, it, 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 it dilutes that doubt. It dilutes the subjectivity. Um, we'll finish there anyway, because it's pretty much 2.30. Um, and we'll continue on Friday and we're going to have more teaching from Paula, which is going to be really great. And then after that, we're going to do some more activities and things. And then um, we'll have a lot of time for Q&A and questions and all that good stuff. And so... Um, do be thinking about this as well, right? Because um, you're going to have some time. You're going to have some, uh, you've got basically two days now, a day and a half to think about some of the stuff we've talked about today. Um, you guys have stuff on, but we're not going to be doing this topic until Friday. We'll be picking it back up. Um, so you've got the small group and Kylo and stuff. But yeah, um, so be thinking about this stuff. Be engaging with it. Be thinking of examples from your life. Be thinking of what areas you want to grow and maybe things we said that you go, oh, I don't understand that or I don't agree with that or I like that, but can you talk about it more? 
have, have these thoughts because we'll have space on Friday to do that. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.